1: Good evening, folks. It's time for your Wednesday evening edition of It's News to Us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories. And there were so many top stories today that we actually have three people on the podcast today. So, <laughs> so full with, house. yeah. So with me is uh, reporter Jeff Stapleton and reporter David Lefkowitz. And uh, Jeff will actually begin with you because you handled what really is the top story uh, locally today, the top story statewide today. And possibly even the top story nationwide today, um, the uh, the details that we got from uh, the attorney for teacher Abigail Warner uh, in regards to what happened in that shooting at Rich Neck Elementary School on January 6th. So uh, I'll let you take it away. What's going on with, with that uh, from the teacher's standpoint at this point?
2: Yeah, there's a lot to cover. First of all, first and foremost, although this attorney did not take questions after the news conference this morning. So we don't have details about the potential lawsuit that is coming, but one is coming against the Newport News uh, City Schools uh, that's going to be filed on behalf of uh, Abby Zwirner, the uh, teacher, who is at home, such as you, Matt, recuperating from her injuries. Hers a little more severe than yours uh, it's going to be a long road recover- to recovery from her. For, for her recovery, uh, she still has the bullet inside her, from what I understand. That what her attorney said, at least. Uh, so that she's between surgeries, um, but she's at home right now, not in the hospital. But the uh, Diane Toscano, the lawyer for the teacher, went through kind of an amazing timeline of. Multiple times that they were warned, administrators were warned about uh, this six-year-old boy and, you know, what could possibly happen. And the Toscano says in each time, the administrators uh, could not be bothered by any of those warnings. So basically, the first warning came from uh, Zorner herself. It happened around 1115 that morning. She told administrators that the boy was threatening to beat up other students, and uh, the administrators ignored that one. The second warning came at 1230 p.m. from another teacher who saw the boy uh, who we had or administrators had prior knowledge that he possibly could have a gun, though none was found during the search earlier that morning at 12:30 another teacher saw the boy put the gun in his pocket at which point um the lawyer Toscano quoted what she i, I would imagine that the teacher told maybe uh Abby's Warner uh at some point that the administrators said well, the boy has little pockets. So that's what she said. So they kind of said, well, this is not a big deal. How big of a gun can it be? The boy has little pockets. So later on, uh, the third warning came from yet another teacher who said another student was crying out of fear because the boy had shown the gun to the boy uh, at recess. And then to make... You know, they've, you've had the three warnings now. There was another employee, Toscano says, another employee offered to search the boy again, to which administrator says, nah, just let it go. Uh, we're at the end of the day. So Toscano says, administrators totally could have prevented this from happening. And on three different occasions where there were warnings and another occasion where someone had offered to search the boy again, they refused it, it
1: it it is sort of amazing that there was only one search that one search turned up nothing and they didn't go any further there i've got to believe and and again we just have you know these allegations right. from 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 the lawyer right. i have to believe that there is some reasoning behind not searching multiple times that this the the school district and the administrators are not revealing and it will probably come out in the wash in in in, in later investigations. Um I also have to believe at this point, and this is going to sort of lead into our second story, which is related, that the administrators for Rich Neck Elementary are not going to be returning when the school opens next week. That there will be some sort of change there. Cause I can't believe that if there are these allegations and the other teachers agree with these allegations, that you cannot have this administration be looking over those teachers at, at this time. Yeah. Uh, the reason this leads in is because at the, at a meeting that is, you know, if you're listening to this podcast later uh, Wednesday evening, it's very possible. But by this point, this is already taking place. The Newport News School Board is going to be firing or at least separating from the uh, the uh, superintendent of Newport News, George Parker, III, this evening. Um, they've already got an agenda item that says approval of separation agreement and severance. So there seems to be an agreement that he is not going to be staying around. Uh, and they've even got a line item to to name a new interim superintendent. So, yeah. it, you know, there, there's a very good chance that by the time you're listening to this, there is a new superintendent in place in Newport News.
2: Um, and more on a local note, before he was at Newport News, George Parker was the superintendent of Caroline County Schools.
1: Uh, that I did not know, but I knew uh, the name sounded very familiar. I knew he had some I've briefly business. worked
2: for the uh, weekly newspaper in Caroline County before they went out of business. But uh, yes, when I was there reporting for that paper, he was the superintendent and left there to go to Newport News.
1: And, and there are allegations not only at Richneck. Obviously, Richneck is the the uh, the spark that lit the flame. But there was a. There have been allegations of, of discipline issues at a number of schools. Um, there was a shooting last year on, um, and I can't remember which high school. Uh, following a basketball game at one of the the high schools in Newport News last year, um, there was. There's been allegations of, or, or possibly a gun on a high school this year as well. Um, so there in just a lot of complaints about discipline at, at a number of schools in Newport news. And uh, this basically was the straw that broke the camel's back for, 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 for for superintendent Parker. So, so moving on to a story that would have been a lead story any other day, David, (laughs) Um, we have this, uh, this case in Henrico where in a police officer was charged with, was a voluntary manslaughter. Am I remembering that correctly?
3: Yes. Voluntary
1: manslaughter, voluntary manslaughter in a shooting along I-64. I want to say it took place in 2021. Um, and we didn't even get to the, the actual, uh, you know, determining of a verdict stage. The judge said, Hey, you haven't provided the Commonwealth attorney hasn't provided enough evidence and, and basically ended the trial against, uh, this officer. So, so what happened exactly in this case and, and what was the police reaction this afternoon, which you covered? Yes.
3: So the, the case, as I understand it, involves this, uh, shooting that took place, uh, like you said, on I-64 after a single vehicle crash. Um, there was a, the police were called after the report of a car flipping several times. um, and officer uh timothy millions uh responded to that um and then from here as i understand it you know a lot of the what is what was used in court came from his body cam footage and then some witness reports um but at least uh police say that uh tony singleton i believe who was in the car um was seemed intoxicated and was being aggressive um and wound up getting out of the car um and from there the body cam footage uh showed him sort of approaching uh, uh approaching millions i haven't seen it so i don't know exactly what happens but uh it sort of culminates with uh millions uh shooting him seven times now uh, he was found with a with a knife, I believe some sort of bladed weapon um, so the defense was saying he was you know going for this knife and it was in self defense and then the uh district attorney was saying that um it was you know that the knife didn't come into play essentially and that it was excessive force um, so because there was only the body cam footage, which even chief English today said sort of raises more questions than answers um because it was just that footage and the uh one or a couple uh witness reports the judge basically said that there wasn't enough evidence to ground any sort of voluntary manslaughter charge and dismissed it uh and henrico police chief eric english today just Basically was saying, you know, it's a relief to Henrico police for uh, the criminal aspect of this case to have been dismissed, that they're still doing an internal review of the situation um, and that millions is on paid leave. Uh, you know, he framed it very much as a, uh, you know, it's time for millions to decompress uh, because it was traumatic for him, according to English. Um, but uh they seemed pretty relieved to at least have uh, concerns for any criminal outcomes of this situation to be off the table.
1: Yeah, un- understood. Um, for, for people who don't remember exactly when this took place, this took place right around election day on, uh, on 20, uh, in 2021, right after uh, governor Glenn Youngkin uh, was, was elected. Uh, and so there may have been a, a little less focus in part because of the, the election, uh, um, the election uh, results. You know, we were we were sort of focused there, but we still covered it pretty decently when that crash occurred on 64 in uh, in in uh, November of 2021. Also, uh, just remarking, it's been an up and down week, really, for uh, Michael Commonwealth's attorney, Shannon Taylor. She gets a uh, a guilty plea in a super prominent uh, case, the the Lucia Bremer killing, and then turns around and has this case dismissed before it even gets to. The verdict stage uh, with the with the uh, officer involved shooting. Uh, you you win know. some, you lose some, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you know, win a prominent one, lose a prominent mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So, moving on from that, um, again, a story that would have been a top story any other day, but today, <laughs> um, the Attorney General uh, Jason yares came out with a report uh, looking into the uh, parole board. Um, you know, if you remember, there was a whole bunch of controversy surrounding them during the the early days of COVID basically he alleges that the parole board chair at the time could have faced three charges for falsifying discharge, uh, documents. Um, the reason she can't is because the statute of limitations, it's a misdemeanor, uh, has passed by now and they, they could not go after her at this point. Um, but basically just was a scathing report into the, uh, the McAuliffe and Northern appointed uh, parole board, um, you know, basically criticizing them for how they handled a number of releases in the early days of COVID. Very critical of uh, uh, Adrian Bennett, who was the chair at the time. She's now currently a Virginia Beach uh, judge, but has been suspended um, for a long time. And, uh, you know, whether or not he thinks she should be impeached, he said uh, he's going to leave that up to the General Assembly. Um, my guess is that nothing happens this year um but probably we you know depending on the results of the election in november maybe see some action uh when it comes around uh next year so uh, again big uh big uh big story that would have been a top story had we not had everything else going on as well and actually another story that uh jeff you covered uh Richmond police came out with, oh, uh, David sorry. covered it. David covered See, we had so many stories and so many <laughs> stories. I'm not sure who covered what story. It is
3: confusing.
1: But David, you covered uh, the Richmond police, um, end of the year crime stats. Uh, anything interesting out, out of those numbers? Uh, I think uh, sort
3: of as far as the statistics go, what uh, was sort of the most uh, stark and just maybe unexpected uh, was that, so the good news is murder was down 34% in 2022, um, which I think it took a, from what uh, chief uh, Edwards said, I think it took something of a downturn in the latter half of the year, which is a good thing. Um, but uh, property crime and especially car related thefts be that theft of the car or theft of things in the car were up significantly. Um, A lot of that, at least according to what he said, um, stems from people not really locking their cars. uh, And a lot of the car thefts even were people who left their cars unlocked, left their keys in their car. Um, So, you know, they're really just asking people to you know, take your key with you and lock your car, uh, especially if you have stuff in there, because it's not so much people breaking windows or breaking into the car that is a problem so much as, pulling on a handle. If it's locked, they move on. If it's unlocked, they'll take whatever's in there. Um, but the really concerning part of that is, uh, apparently in 2022, 714 guns were stolen out of cars, uh, which is obviously concerning as he put it, you know, by the very nature of it, of the situation, that's 714 guns in the hands of criminals. Uh, but, um, the other really interesting thing that came out of that wasn't so much, uh, the crime statistics, but, uh, he had finally gotten clearance to share the details from that officer involved shooting back on January 9th. Um, uh, with the, when there was, uh, they were executing a search warrant for a narcotics, uh, case and, uh, Shot the man inside, who they say was holding a gun, and he I believe you know he was in stable condition by later that day, so presumably he's uh, recovered and you know is in jail but the um he could reveal now what the uh contents of the house was as part of that search warrant, uh, and the contents included uh pretty significant amounts of uh cocaine. Fentanyl, uh, six pounds of cannabis, he said, and then six guns. Uh, At least that's according to uh, what he could talk about today, which was um, just an interesting development of kind of explained why there were so many officers there and maybe explained the um, why they were, you know, apparently met with some hostility from the people inside.
1: No, I understood. You know, looking at those numbers, though, good that the the murder number was down, but obviously still, uh, you know, killings are a concern. We're we're literally dealing with the week in which, uh, you know, I think there were two people shot, uh, shot yesterday, one killed. I think the other was wounded. Uh, And then this was in Chesterfield, but Richmond police began the investigation where a 16 year old was killed. So, again, um, things, things that, you know, while the number is down, it's still a concern anytime you have any of them anywhere. So. And there were some prominent ones in, in the city and actually all over. You know, we don't want to just blame the the, the city for all of this. So yeah. really again, a day where we had so much uh news that it was uh it was difficult to uh to really, you know stick to one story we you yeah. know well i, I think, think the story... uh,
2: the richmond police one and the newport news one was happening at the same time so we had to kind of yeah. divide the spoils there as far as who was covering what
1: yeah but again you know like, like i said and you know a lot of stories that would have been a lead any other day but today was not uh you know did, you know, if not for the Newport News. So sort of, tomorrow uh, is not quite as
2: active, but uh, at least a little bit active. <laughs> yeah, you know, un- understood.
1: So again, this is the- busy days.
2: It becomes really slow the next day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So again, this has
1: been the Wednesday evening edition of its news to us for David Levkowitz and Jeff Stapleton, who handled a lot of the reporting today. I'm news director, Matt Demline. We'll talk to you tomorrow.